0: And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, we're back again. Episode 298. We're on the road to 300. What does that mean? I am not certain.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have no idea.
0: <laughs> we we went all out for 200 and 250. I literally do not know what we're going to do for 300. Especially because, you know, we've made some changes to the podcast and how it comes out on YouTube. Because, you know, the algorithm's fucking over podcasts and maybe... We'll move it to a second channel, but maybe we're also going to experiment with shorts for a bit. It's it's a weird time, 300
1: episodes. It is. It is. But, um, no, what we're doing with the shorts is working out pretty well, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you, everyone, who's been watching those. I was very much unsure about doing those. I didn't know if there'd be an audience for them. So thank you for actually watching them. And thank you, Matt, for actually editing them in a nice way so they look
1: good. Yeah, I started doing them on my channel as well, and they've been going really well really well yeah
0: really really surprising you know it's good it's good good stuff as someone says we should do a commentary those never did great numbers but they are certainly fun to do maybe we'll just do a big fan q a for 300 we'll just look back at the show mm. we'll we'll let you the audience decide what we do for that show it'll be audience's choice yeah yeah is what we're gonna do so uh, how's your week been Matt? how you been keeping on
1: yeah pretty good uh, I, i've been a bit tired the last couple of days because i've been really busy um anchor that but yeah no I I I had a good week watched my Mandalorian watched my my Superman Lois came back which is great yes I caught up on that too Gotham Knights came out as well and just as (laughs) bad as everyone else I watched that and I hated every moment of it I bet there's nothing redeeming about that show (laughs)
0: It, it I mean when a trailer
1: looks that bad I'm like
0: there's no way the show could even be remotely
1: watchable yeah. well I, I, I and I made a comment on Twitter it's like where every one of these shows that is a Batman show that doesn't have Batman they always have a, a really contrived convoluted stupid way of not having Batman around like oh you' sure oh he's dead Oh, he's he's away oh like it's, he's injured yeah really stupid stupid reason this one th- this show has the most stupid one where he just gets pushed out a window and he dies seriously yeah oh, that's fucking and i'm stupid. like this is, a, this is a fucking batman we're talking about <laughs> just
0: just say he's on league business just say yeah. he's you know uh, establishing batman inc or something yeah yeah <clears throat> It's amazing that we have two things called Gotham Knights now that make
1: people very upset. The game at least gave you a really good fucking reason why Batman wasn't there. At least.
0: (laughs) And and technically he comes back. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's a whole thing.
0: Uh, I I, I watched all those things. Uh, Loved that Mandalorian decided to do a whole episode on Coruscant, because I don't Mm. think we've ever gotten to see Coruscant in
1: this era of Star Wars before. No, no, we haven't. It it was fantastic. I loved every moment of it
0: same you know kind of kind of noir kind of spyish we see dr pershing and a bunch of other imperial scientists getting basically the same treatment they gave the nazis in world yeah. war ii to they, go start nasa yeah they're all
1: working for like star wars and na- nasa now yeah
0: yeah i love that uh katie o'brien who is back again in this and i'm like man that lady's so familiar where have i seen her before oh she was on agents of shield oh she was also the barbarian lady Mm -hmm. from quantum mania oh okay she's having a good year she's having a fucking amazing year i'd let her scramble my brain too if we could just (laughs) hang out for a bit (laughs) seems like a fun lady how could dr pershing say no Also, I love that between that and Bad Batch, we're basically seeing the same story, but from two completely different ends. We're seeing the beginning of Imperial cloning, the end, end, all in the same time. I'm like, wow, they actually worked that out. Holy shit.
1: Yeah. And uh, I mean, they've been hinting at for years that this is going to be building up to something. And I, I will say, I think that something is like their version of like the, of like, Heir to the Empire sort of thing you know Ras right. command dark force rising that sort of stuff yeah maybe we'll see clone luke maybe luke that'd
0: be wild yeah i mean i mean at this point i don't think anything they could do is too wild i mean we got right. a fucking mythosaur for christ's sake yeah
1: exactly yeah that was another we cool thing about that episode i i didn't expect um bo katan to be joining uh yeah. the cult and she and someone pointed out it's <clears throat> a really interesting part where like Yeah, it makes sense that she would join it because they're at the end, they're like all like affirming her and and like making Mm -hmm, her feel mm -hmm. part of something, something Bo hasn't been part of in a long time.
0: She she needs an army because Sasha Banks and all those other Mandalorians fucked off on her. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. No, no loyalty, and also too, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, your family, Clan Kreese, they were involved with the Death Watch, and they were mm-hmm. considered radical in their day. Yes. What with all the pacifist Mandalorians, now you're saying these guys are
1: too radical, but yeah. now
0: you're actively joining them. I'm, I'm
1: hap- I'm really interested to see if they're they they are going to bring that up because they haven't yet. No, they haven't. Yeah, they haven't. Been like, hey, you were actually part of like like the precursor to this cult.
0: Yeah, we're, we're called the Children of the Watch because your family started the <laughs> Death Watch. In fact, they're deeply tied to Din's own origin story because he was clearly saved by Death Watch guys yes. from
1: the droids. Yes, he was, yes.
0: Also, too, hey, Din basically got done his mission really early, like three episodes mm-hmm. in. I did the water. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. Which means what are they going to do for the next couple episodes? They can do whatever they want. Yeah, it, it,
1: wherever it goes, we yeah. don't know.
0: I liked uh, Superman and Lois too where it's like we are in the future now and much has changed and we have a new fortress and we're doing really good and here is our son John who has always been John and never (laughs) – or or, or no, it's it's Jordan they recast, right?
1: Yeah, I always get their names mixed up. I'm pretty sure it's John. Yes, John
0: is the one they recast. but, But
1: it's confusing because the original John actor's name was Jordan i know it's really fucked up yeah.
0: actually the the new kid they recast he actually looks a lot like the
1: old one yeah he's australian
0: he's australian oh is he really
1: yeah he had five days to prepare for this
0: wow well he did pretty goddamn which is, good which is why he's things.
1: not in the episode all that much
0: <laughs> that makes a lot of sense actually why they're just kind of not showing him yeah yeah
1: they're easing him in
0: yeah i think the show will be fine hey we got bruno Mannheim, who they had kind of been dropping reference to in the first two seasons mm-hmm. now it looks like he's going to be a season-long bad guy yeah yeah
1: him and lex Luthor.
0: oh really we're getting Luthor this season
1: yeah and they're both played by people from the walking dead oh holy shit yeah we saw a picture of lex Luthor. he's got a big beard, a nice. beard like a big like um like what you've kind of got but it's like uh, really thick, the, the, really thick. The, and the, the, the whaler it's thick and it's orange <laughs>
0: Ah, which makes sense, because that's the hair color Luthor has when he has hair.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Actually, that's great, too, because they dropped Suicide Slums. I'm going to say, probably in the show, they'll use that origin, where that's where he's from. Yeah,
1: and Onomatopoeia shows up?
0: Yes, I guess. That was my first thought. I'm like, holy fuck, is that Onomatopoeia? Because even the powers work, too, where it's like, bang, 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 he's been shot, but I see no no bullets. bullets.
1: No bullets, yeah. Yeah.
0: Because he shot him with sound effects. He shot him Mm -hmm. with bang, bang, bang. Mm Mm-hmm. What a, what a weird pull of a Green Arrow villain, but I guess it's, you know, a villain you can do on a budget, and it's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, well, I don't
1: think Arrow actually did it, because, I mean, Automata P is not a Batman villain, so.
0: Yeah, again, what a what, what a weirdly interesting pull for mm. it. But mm. hey, why not? I guess it yeah. works on a budget, and also, too, someone to fuck with Superman's hearing, because, like, when Superman flew it was like, I can't find them, where did they go? Yeah. Ah, because I'm a master of sound. Yeah,
1: making all different sounds everywhere, distracting yeah. him, yeah cool also they
0: also they brought back that uh, gene lu and yang superman versus the clan villain again
1: yes adam man
0: adam man which i'm like oh that's cool i'm like i guess he hasn't fought a lot of costumed villains so if they're gonna bring back someone they'll bring back him yeah it's good stuff but i'm excited to see where superman and lois goes yeah
1: same it's you can definitely tell like all of the other shows budgets went to this one
0: yeah yeah like again they had that big crane thing and everything else and i'm like ah yes they <laughs> put a lot of money into it this season yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm all, I'm all about that. Uh, anything else going on? Ooh, I saw a movie this week, actually. I bought a movie. I bought physical media, which I never do. <sighs> I actually bought that new uh, Dragon Ball superhero movie. Oh, what? How's that? Uh, really fucking good. You can tell that this is an anniversary movie because they wrote <laughs> it solely for fans, where it's like, hey, everyone. It's a story entirely about Gohan and Piccolo fighting the Red Ribbon Army. Oh, nice. That's that. That's cool. That's cool. That's That's super dope, and they each get a new form, because fucking of course they do. It's also, like, the furthest along in the super timeline, Mm. so we're, like, really close to the GT era now, if they, if GT is even still canon, who the hell even knows. Okay. Okay. So that's really fun to see them that far. There's also a great like little side plot there where they're like, well, how come Goku and Vegeta didn't come? Oh, because they're training with uh, Beerus and Whis up in space and everything. And they apparently have like the most epic sparring session off camera. (laughs) Of course, of course. Of course, and Vegeta, Vegeta finally wins one in a fight we never see, and, like, Broly is there, because they've kind of adopted him since the last movie, and him and Lemon, and they're just crying, and it's just totally, like, this man moment, and also, like, this very meta moment about Dragon Ball, where it's like, it's so beautiful, I love it so much, and, and Chili, the, the one woman there, is like, you guys are fucking weird, I don't understand this at all, why why are you crying, just like I was crying at the end of the movie, because Gohan and Piccolo did cool and, and it's everything i've ever wanted and i'm like okay this movie understands its fucking audience <laughs> it's great and also I, I waited too to buy the physical version because i wanted the english version because i like my shimmels and i like my Sabots and everything yeah. and i like them
1: nice nice i i, I, I gotta look that up. i i actually need to watch like because i watched super up until i think the beginning of like the the, the goku black stuff I think Uh, think that's where I watched up to. I I have
0: tried a couple times to get there. I keep bottoming out in, like, the Gold Frieza arc, which was also a movie. And it's like, well, I feel like I got to watch the arc because it's longer and they've changed stuff. I don't want to just start at the Goku Black arc.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. As soon as you get to, like, the the Gold Frieza stuff, that's, like, episode 30, 40. It takes
0: a long time. And, like, even the people involved in the show are like, we were overworked and over budget when we did the freezer stuff we're sorry
1: everyone well it's because they, they they love their filler for that show like that, like dragon ball in particular oh, loves yeah. its fucking filler for some reason like i'm okay with like the odd filler episode but you don't need like like five in a row
0: Again, they've gotten better about it, and again, like, I'm such a big Frieza fan, where I'm like, okay, cool, you can do more time with Frieza, you can do a little side plot about, you know, Captain Ginyu returning, because that's, mm-hmm. like, a plot line they left over from the show, yeah. but it just gets to the point where it's like, okay, they're not even fighting yet, Goku and him.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's like, in, at the start of the the whole Beerus stuff, like, oh, do we really need, like, all this stuff with, like... Goten, uh, uh, trunks, you know, or and you the know, gang. yeah, you know, trying to steal the 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 Dragon Balls off the cruise ships. Like, we don't need any of that.
0: It's, you know, it's because Toriyama fucking loves the Pilaf gang yeah. and he loves referencing Dragon Ball, which, again, is probably the whole reason the Red Ribbon Army were the villains again yeah. of this movie. Because it's like, but I fucking
1: love these guys. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, though, I do like that the Red Ribbon Army are, uh, are the villains and I like that it's not just like, oh, it's another Saiyan who was living yeah. on planet Uba Gooba.
0: Yep, mm-hmm. as is always the case. It's funny you should say that because I think, like in the manga right now, there's a new character yeah. they introduced, uh, Granola, yeah. who isn't a Saiyan but totally looks like one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's he's another one of those like, oh, my race was destroyed by the Saiyans because that's you know always Toriyama's go-to when he needs to create a villain with a little bit of sympathy. Yeah, he's he's Granola from the planet Cereal, and I'm like, yep, they're all food puns. <laughs> That's that's my thing. But, uh, yeah, I-, I could talk about this shit forever. It's really good. Check it out. It's fan service, totally done right. And also, hey, they changed the art style, too. It's not traditional hand-drawn anymore. It's kind of like computer-generated now, but to try and ape the hand-drawn. So they, they do some, like, amazing pans that they could never do yeah, right. in the traditional art style. And, oh, my God, they do some shit with rain and, like, water effects where I'm like, oh, yep, I can see why this was worth experimenting with.
1: Oh, awesome. I, I- yep. Have they – have, they've obviously then fixed like because i know super was like full of like all like that kind of awful sort of 3d it, sort we're of experimenting where it fight, with it and it didn't look very good
0: it didn't this looks good this is like hey this is the payoff from all the experimentation we've nice. done nice it actually looks great so like if you're even just like an art freak and you know you just really love uh you know design work and like the cool shit they can pull off definitely check this off because there are some shots where you'll be like holy shit they actually did that Mm. nice it's good stuff now believe it or not everyone we are a comic book show i know sometimes it's hard to believe especially (laughs) almost 300 episodes in But we do actually have some pretty big comic book and superhero stories, and starting things off this week with a story that I know everyone has been chomping at the bit for clarification on, but now we know 100% for certain, James Gunn will indeed be directing Superman Legacy, not just uh, writing it.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm really happy
0: about that. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy. I mean, he's a guy who at this point in his career basically only directs the stuff he writes, and I'm sure after falling in love with this project and also knowing that, hey, this is, like, going to be the first thing out the gate for me in this new universe Mm -hmm. and my new job and everything, I better damn sure make sure it's good, even if that means I got to take the reins myself.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm not worried in the slightest
0: no neither am i and i think there's also something kind of funny and kind of interesting about the guy who did bright bird i think he only wrote bright bird he didn't direct it
1: i'm not even sure if he wrote it. i think he just produced it produced it okay the guy who produced because everyone seems to think that he like made like he's the one who directed and wrote it and everything and that's why everyone's so worried about it i'm like no he didn't
0: No, oh, you're right. I, I, I think I may have been uh, bought in by that, too. I, think, I know uh, one of the
1: Gunn brothers had a writing credit on it. I'm not, I don't know whether it was him or not.
0: Oh, okay. It was actually written by Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn. There's mm-hmm. two
1: other guns? There's a bunch of guns, yeah.
0: There's six guns.
1: A whole arsenal of them, yes. A whole...
0: Yeah, they call themselves the
1: Arsenal.
0: <laughs> but yes, it was written by Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn. It was only produced by James Gunn. Yeah. Okay, and it was directed by David... Yarakovsky. yeah and everyone
1: seems to think that he wrote and directed it
0: okay he didn't he just produced it we figured it out everyone we figured it out we got to the bottom of it but yeah i mean it, it makes sense this this is gonna set the tone for this next phase of the dc cinematic universe of what it's gonna be james gunn is you know staking his career and reputation on this i can understand why he wants to set the tone himself and mm-hmm. you know roll up his sleeves and get in there
1: yeah absolutely
0: And I mean, hey, as we've seen with Guardians and a lot of his other stuff, you know, he can bring the passion. He can bring the hope and the wonder. He can bring everything that has been sorely missing from Superman.
1: Absolutely. That's the one thing I'm really uh, excited for because you've seen what he can do with like like actors like uh, like Dave Bautista and John Cena and like how he can get them to give like really great performances, especially Cena and Peacemaker.
0: Definitely. Now, is the plot synopsis I read real or was that just something else where it's like, you know, uh, Clark must, you know, reconcile his alien heritage with his new life in Metropolis? It's all all very vague, but definitely, you know, the sort of story that I personally would want to see at this point
1: in Superman movies. I mean, I don't think he's revealed like clear uh, story like like what it's going to be. But um, I imagine it probably would be something like that.
0: I mean, I mean, it certainly sounded like maybe something that uh, they just kind of put together from an interview. Yeah, they probably did. But yeah, I'll, I'm on board with this. I'm down for this. I've enjoyed everything James Gunn has done so far, mm-hmm. so I don't know why I wouldn't enjoy this. Exactly. So yeah, bring bring on Superman Legacy, everyone. I know. I, I say that it's still a ways away. <laughs> oh, not really. It's just two years away.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, in in movie time, though. Yeah. Yeah. In movie time, that feels like a long time. But then again, Gunn also kind of seems like a machine, too, that his turnaround rate seems to be pretty fucking high. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This, this is a dude who, like, wrote all of Peacemaker, is writing the Waller show, and maybe has other projects, too, he's yet to announce. Yeah, he
1: well, he's written also creature commandos. That's, like, finished and done.
0: I wonder what his process is. I wonder if he's one of those guys who just, like, locks himself away in a ski chalet, like the fucking Shining, and just works on an old <laughs> typewriter until it's done. <laughs> i truly wonder because again you know m- most of them are written by him and you know that's kind <laughs> of a dirty secret in hollywood too and it's like well it says by so and so but it's really by him and a writer's room that doesn't get named
1: yeah yeah like, like they, time- they have like ideas that get put into the script and they and if you if it's a certain number of uh, like words or like pages or something you have to get a credit or something
0: right well i was talking like uh like tyler perry who does like what mm. is it like six fucking movies a year and 100 tv shows yeah. and it's all written by him and it's like he can't possibly write all of that to which people are like he doesn't he doesn't he has a writer's room he just doesn't uh, credit them yeah he just puts his name on it yeah michael reese just please don't cast chris pratt as superman now now they're not gonna cast chris pratt as superman they're too busy casting him as booster gold yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i joke and that's gonna be a joke until i know otherwise but literally i am almost certain that he's gonna fucking cast him as booster gold i
1: mean i wouldn't be part like i'd be okay with that i don't know why people like have such a disdain for that idea because i mean he, he fits the character of booster gold He fits it almost too well, is the thing. He's likable, but not too likable. (laughs) Yeah, he's really just kind of a dick.
0: Yeah, he might be a secret asshole, you don't know. Yeah. But he makes you laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, damn it, damn it, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so there's your Superman news, everyone. We'll be sure to keep you posted for all of that moving forward. Yeah. Now, for the world of movies to the world of comics, uh, Hellfire Gala 3 has already been announced and is slated for this June. But not only will this event be taking place in the comics for the first time ever, Hellfire Gala is breaking out into the real world because there's going to be a big whole costume party gala at that year's D23 as well.
1: Yeah, that that that's exciting.
0: It is actually, you know, I was so ready to complain. Where I'm like, oh, we're doing it already. Oh, thank you, uh, Pat Senior, uh, for the cheers. Thank you. Always
1: appreciate it. Yeah,
0: because because I had a total moment there where I'm like, man, you know, these Hellfire Galas, you know, it was really fun the first time, and it was pretty all right the second time. But geez, I don't know. You keep doing it, and you keep cycling through the X Men team every year. This is this is gonna lose its shine. This is gonna lose its luster. And then they announce, oh, we're doing it in real life, and I'm like, okay, good enough. <laughs> All right, you upped the ante. Basically, the only way you could up the ante, the question is, all right, what the hell are you going to do next year? (laughs) If there's even a Hellfire Gala next year, because apparently we're already working up to the fall of Krakoa. Yeah, Yeah, this
1: might be the last one.
0: This might be the last one. Or if we do get another Hellfire Gal, it's just like, you know, in a, a hotel parking lot. <laughs> it's, it's out the back of the liquor store, you know, uh, Emma Frost just brought some kegs. Yeah, I was going
1: to say she would be the one, like, uh, setting it up. Desperately setting it up.
0: Emma Frost, wicked kegger, she's yelling at the Stepford Cuckoos because they didn't get the right red Solo cups. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn, where are the Cheez-Its? I need bowls of Cheez-Its. I'm (laughs) going to have this party one way or another. (laughs) (coughs) I don't care that the island is a crater. We need to keep these Hellfire Galas going. (laughs) Oh, no, this is the worst party ever. Someone put a podcast on. Oh, no. No, no. (laughs) Yeah, that's how you know a podcast or a party has really gone to hell when someone just starts watching YouTube videos or, like, listening to a podcast. It's like, well, this is dead. This is dead, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is dead. Time to leave. It's only downhill from here. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so we're getting another Hellfire Gal, which, of course, means we're probably going to be getting another X-Men team vote, Mm -hmm. which feels so weird that Duggan has just rolled with the punches on this one for his whole tenure on the book. I know, right? I know. It seems, like, almost unfair. And, like, obviously the core members never changed. It was always Cyclops. It was always Jean. It was always Sync. Yep. But it just feels kind of weird to be like, all right, here's a character who I'm going to have to work in and maybe do an annual about. Yeah, and
1: I, I'm intrigued to see, like, who... Do we know who's who the votes are going to be yet? Yeah, we don't. Not yet, no. we don't.
0: They're going to announce yeah. that as we get closer to the summer. But, yeah, I
1: do know it's probably going to be a ca- character that... Um, somehow like has a niche following and yep. the votes will be completely rigged in their favor
0: <laughs> in their favor always hey maybe polaris uh, will win again who knows
1: <laughs> yeah because people thought it was related to that gifted show yeah or strong bad
0: i don't know or strong <laughs> guy not strong bad strong bad's a totally different character <laughs> i'd say banshee but it can't be banshee he's vox ignis right now <laughs> Now, also, too, you know, uh, Duggan's doing this. Duggan's going to be really fucking busy this summer as well because spinning out of the pages of the Hellfire Gal is actually the brand new and improved return of the Uncanny Avengers. Yeah, we're
1: getting two Avengers books again.
0: Yeah, which, holy shit, and this th- this touched me in my heart but also made me feel like a million years old because I'm like, oh, yeah, Uncanny Avengers from Duggan. I love that book. I remember covering that in 2012 yeah way way
1: back in the day
0: (laughs) fuck back when we worked for like name redacted and everything actually no (laughs) i don't think we did work for name redacted well i i I think we i i started covering it there but i kept covering it on my own Mm, mm-hmm But it's definitely one of those books I saw through the end and really enjoyed. And, like, if you were there in 2012 when the book was new, this was at the time when the X-Men books kind of sucked. And Duggan did a really smart thing by secretly making Uncanny Avengers the best X-Men An book. An
1: X-Men book, yeah.
0: Because you had Deadpool and you had Scarlet Witch and you had Quicksilver, who are going to be in this book, too. And Rogue. Mm-hmm. And I think fucking C- yeah, Cable showed up at one point, too. I think so, too. yeah. Yeah. So there was a moment there where it was the best one. Mm -hmm. And apparently this new Uncanny Avengers book is actually spinning out of the pages of Hellfire Gala, like I mentioned. But it's not the only X-Men idea that uh, Duggan is taking with him. Because apparently the first foe and the first mission that they're going on, the Uncanny Avengers, is they need to stop an evil Captain Krakoa who killed someone.
1: Oh no, Captain Krakoa was a bad idea? Who would have thought?
0: I know, right? Because, hey, if you recall... That was the identity that Cyclops took to try and, you know, protect the fact that he had died so they wouldn't out the mutant resurrection protocols to the rest of the world, but then it happened anyway that they could resurrect people, so now that identity and that costume is just sitting around with no one to use it.
1: Yeah, so it. I, I'm, I'm guessing Xavier's probably put someone else in it and that someone probably is not Stable, or they've Probably. killed someone in the name of Xavier. Like knock someone yep. off Xavier's hit list or something.
0: That's that's what it seemed like from like the little uh blurb I read about it. Where it's like, oh, but when a killer Captain Krakoa shows up, mm-hmm. I think they want us to assume it's a villain, and that's why this is like a, a an Avengers Unity Squad mission. Mm-hmm. That's like, oh, we'll work with the Avengers and the mutants. Yeah, they want us to think it's a bad guy, but surely it's something deeper and more interesting. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, I'm really excited for that. Good good on Duggan to get to write another Avengers book again. You can yeah. tell he was really stoked, too, to come back to this series.
1: Yeah, it also means as well, like, once I guess, like, the the X-Men finish up, like, the Krakoa stuff, he can continue to kind of write the X-Men as well.
0: This is true. If the book is popular enough, and I imagine it will be, mm-hmm. that it'll probably keep going. And yeah, that means we'll have two Avengers books again. Yeah, it's great. And also, too, I mean, I imagine by that time, because this book comes out in the summer, uh, probably Jason Aaron will start winding down what he's doing or will be done. And I guess they'll need to figure out what the main Avengers book will become again.
1: Uh, Aaron's done in the next issue. Oh, is he really? Okay. It's a big oversized Omega issue.
0: Okay, well shit, are they gonna relaunch the team right away or are they just gonna let Uncanny Avengers be the Avengers book for a minute? Yeah.
1: Well I know we're getting we it is being it has been announced that the Avengers are coming back. They've released the team. I can't remember who's writing it. I wanna say it's Jed McKay. Oh, really? Oh, huh, well, he moved up I, the world. I, I wanna I, I don't know why that why his name is 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 there on the
0: tip of your tongue. Yeah,
1: I don't know why, but I do remember seeing the team. I know Vision's back on it. Uh, you know, Captain America. You know all the usuals.
0: Really, where uh, where the hell is this news? Because I, you think it I would have seen this ages but... ago. Really, I think I would have seen it by now. But then again, I also missed like the Ultimate news. Here, I'm actually typing in right now. Avengers, Jed McKay. If so, I'll feel really stupid that I missed this. Uh, okay actually you know what here's a story i found avengers assemble halifax man set to write marvel's flagship book i didn't know jed mckay was from halifax <laughs> yes
1: yeah, jed mckay and cf villa and you got you know yeah captain america sam wilson of course. Uh, uh vision black panther scarlet witch iron man thor and captain marvel oh how the hell did i miss this it was a while ago
0: yeah yeah oh fuck this was fe- this was the end of february yeah how the hell did i miss this i feel so dumb also hey i guess it's sam on the team instead of steve mm-hmm. because obviously captain america 4 is coming up so we want to put him in the forefront
1: again yeah and i have to imagine this is probably going to spin out of the end of like whatever like what's that big event cold That's war to, yeah yeah
0: which 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 starts soon i'm pretty sure cold war starts next month actually yeah right i gotta
1: fucking catch up
0: Quick. I, I'm I'm two issues behind. I got to read the Sam book, but they're already calling it like prologue to Cold War. Oh, okay. Which is also apparently going to involve Dimension Z and freaking uh, Captain America's
1: son, Nomad. Oh, nice. Bringing all that back.
0: Yeah, I was surprised about that because, yeah, like White Wolf has weaponized a portal now into Dimension Z, and obviously that's bad for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> and, you know, this is going to involve the Century game and Bucky, and I'm like, all right, bring it all together. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. yeah so there you got double avengers news everyone (laughs) you know what? i think i was sick that week was the thing i think i was sick near the end of february which is why we didn't talk about it yeah Now, from comic news to more movie news, David F. Sandberg, of course, the director of Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods that came out this week, uh, took to the Internet and he was a little perturbed in the lead up to the movie that the trailers and sites and everything else basically spoiled the big cameo before anyone actually got a chance to see the movie. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I feel you, man. I'd be mad, too. Yeah,
1: he didn't know that. uh, And spoilers, Wonder Woman was going to be plastered all over the marketing for the film.
0: Yeah, you you actually said that last week, Matt, and on Twitter, two people were mad at us, and I'm like, dude, he saw it in a trailer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's literally in a trailer. You
0: you can't be mad at Matt, and one guy's like, and this is why I don't watch trailers anymore, and I'm like, yeah, that's basically the only way you can't be spoiled on anything, to not watch (laughs) any trailers and to not look at any promotional material. Now, I didn't see Shazam this week. I was, like, the most excited to go see it, and then Levy had to open his fucking mouth and be like, I'm not supporting you. <laughs> also, if Black Adam and The Batman are any indication, the movie will probably be on streaming in the next 45 days. Yeah. Because they've been really rushing them out to the app. Mm-hmm. So, again, I didn't feel like I had to run to watch it, and even if that wasn't going to be my plan anyway. The general consensus from all the reviews I read are like, hey, it's bigger than the first one, but that doesn't mean it's better. It no. loses some of the charm. Boy, the main actor got really old
1: really quick, and it's not nearly as cute anymore. Yeah, it's uh, – I've seen it, and it's – yeah, it's not not good. It's, it's and again- really bland.
0: And I feel so bad for Sandberg and those young actors involved because literally I don't think any movie got fucked over more by the shifting sands of DC and Warner Brothers than Shazam 2. They got delayed because of COVID. Then they got delayed again because of Black Adam, which, boy, that shat the bed. and means that, oh, hey, you'll never get Black Adam versus Shazam because The Rock took his <laughs> ball and went home. Yep. yeah. That totally sucks. Uh, It got the shaft because, oh, hey, we've already announced that we're basically redoing the universe anyway. So if you're one of the people who only sees these movies because of canon and the whole metagame of where it fits, now you suddenly feel like you don't need to see it. Got fucked over because Zachary Levy – might be an anti-vaxxer but is certainly anti-trans
1: yeah he, he's uh like a lot came out that, that those last couple of weeks that i i didn't even know about the guy neither did i yeah
0: i'm like oh he's like a super uber christian who goes around thinking that he needs to fucking convert people and he's involved with like the what is it 500 club and everything i'm like yeah. those aren't good things why did i not know this and then i'm like oh I guess that's why he didn't work much after Chuck, and why he has mm-hmm. continued to not work much after Shazam. Yeah, makes
1: a lot of sense.
0: And then it's big, you know, twist cameo reveal there got outed in the marketing. I think I, I think like it's opening night, like it's you know, pre-opening. Yeah. Yeah. It only made like three point five million, where I'm like, shit, Ant-Man made like quadruple that and people were pretty <laughs> lukewarm. Yeah, seven hundred club, not five hundred club. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's pretty bad. And it's even worse because Wonder Woman in the movies used as like a Deus Ex Machina
0: oh sort of thing
1: it's like oh she'll come in and save the day at the last very last minute and it'll be okay and she'll never be referenced again
0: such a shame that first movie is so good and so charming and so true to the source material and it's just such a feel good a mm. holiday movie that's in my rotation i wish so much better for the sequel
1: i know i know <laughs>
0: And it sounds like Sandberg, the director, like, wasn't shy about going off on social media, being no. like, look, you know, what did you expect, everyone? Yeah. Yeah. I literally had everything working against me in mm-hmm. this one. Yeah. That's that's a real shame. Uh, sad
1: face. <laughs> uh, ho- hopefully he'll... he'll you can go do like more horror or something
0: yeah yeah that's the hope too you know that he'll bounce back with another project hell if they keep doing more horror centric stuff in this new dc slate of films let's bring them back and do like you know yeah. something you know freaking uh hey have they announced a director for swamp thing yet i don't think so i don't think so either maybe he can do swamp thing yeah yeah Maybe he can do Swamp Thing or Justice League Dark or something like that. Yeah,
1: something with horror in it because he's very good at horror. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Also, too, not to spoil too much, but I love the idea, too, that at this stage of the DC cinematic universe, we are really in the hardcore cinematic universe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. As she has now officially appeared in more things than anyone else.
1: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: That's kind of fucking amazing. I never would have begged that.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, as I was telling you before, she's the early, She's met both Shazam and Black Adam, but Black Adam and Shazam haven't met each other.
0: They'll never meet each other. Oh. <laughs> That's fucking bummer. That's brutal. And n- nor will we apparently see anything more with Mr. Mind and Savannah, probably.
1: Yeah, the, you'll hint at it, but yeah, we,
0: I don't think we're going to get anything like that that's a real shame that's yeah. sad oh well wanted better for it but you know sometimes good things don't happen yeah
1: well i i i put it all down to like if the rocket just you know let his ego not win you know this yeah. one time
0: if if more people had played ball if more people had shut the hell up if you know yeah. a massive pandemic didn't delay things
1: yeah if they didn't if- didn't just hire people who who are known to have huge egos and want like creative control over huge yep. projects like this
0: <laughs> if, if, if warner brothers didn't continue to be a house of shifting sands where mm-hmm. no one really knows what the hell is happening mm-hmm. uh at least we got the first one at least the first one is yeah. still really good. yeah first one's good first one will still hold up and i think will continue to be in my holiday rotation
1: mm.
0: now here's a story i wasn't expecting either remember those dc webtoons Matt that they were doing mm-hmm they had a big push, and it felt like everyone was really super on board with them for a while. Well, apparently, uh, more are getting made, and of the ones they have already, we're going to be getting physical releases for them.
1: Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Very much so. I like that idea. Clearly, these books have, you know, struck a chord with people who may have never written com or re- uh, read comics regularly before, mm. but you know, this made them a little less scary, a little bit more approachable, and now they're
1: actually going to stores. Mm. I do, like, the irony and the fact that this is, like, because it was all, like, Webtoon was very, um, it's all, like, Manga esque, very. It's very yeah. anime and, feeling, and 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 that has then transitioned into comics, which is a direct yes. competitor to anime, uh, anime and manga.
0: It's it's very funny how these things work, yeah. and you know, sh- shifting sh- uh, tastes and, and shifting markets, and, and al- also
1: that that like the, those comics sprang up in the uh wake of the fact that like we were in lockdown, we couldn't go to shops and everything. Mm-hmm. Cause then because DC did like a bunch of like online only like comics and stuff that you can only read digitally and stuff and that's where this all popped up so it is really funny that it is now just getting a physical release again
0: yeah, it's 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 very funny to see how those things work. And, like, I almost had a feeling of myself, too, where it's like, oh, they must be doing really good because they're getting a physical release. And I'm like, well, is that unfair to hold digital comics to that standards? where it's like, well, if you don't get a physical release, then you must not be very good. You know, you're not a real comic until you get printed. Yeah, yeah. Because <clears throat> that feels to run, like, very counter to what Webtoon is all about. They have yeah. web in their name. Yeah, yeah. Because they're all about embracing this new technology and trying to get in new fans and do new and interesting stuff with the genre. And it was just kind of this moment where I had to, like, challenge myself and think a little deeper myself to being like, huh, yeah, I wonder what the future for this stuff is and the growth is for this stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's my thing. Yeah. And as Cosmic Reese Jack says, manga is comics. Let them mingle. It's true, you know. Yeah, and for all the people yeah. who, who want to put up their walls and gatekeeping, like, well, this doesn't belong here, and this doesn't. It's all sequential storytelling. Yeah, man.
1: exactly. I I don't get the people that compare them and like yeah. like how like oh anime is easy to follow because you just pick up chapter one, whereas comics is continuous. It's like no, just read whatever the fuck you want.
0: It's it's apples and oranges, but they're both fruit, and we all need more fruit in our diet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah good 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 for webtoons and i hope uh the people involved in that got nicely uh rewarded mm-hmm. for the success of those i don't know what the contracts are on those i don't know how they relate to regular comics but i hope they got some good residuals mm-hmm. now ending it off here on just a feel-good story here hey remember sweet tooth matt i do man that was a good show wasn't it it was it was really good and i i was literally wondering to myself Man, when's the next season of that coming out? We haven't heard anything about it. And I know Lemire's other show, Essex County, is starting, like, soon on Canadian TV. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, when the fuck are we going to get more Sweet Tooth? And then out of the blue, we got some pictures for season two and the announcement that it's coming at the end of April. Yay. Awesome. Yeah, happy about that. I want this show to do good, and it feels like a lot of people got super interested in it, that it hit at, like, the perfect time.
1: Yeah, well, it was during uh, was it during lockdown?
0: Yes, was, yeah. I mean, lockdown was a long time, but yes, it hit perfectly in there because it was a story about the world rebuilding after a virus. Yeah. and people were hoarding toilet paper. Yeah, <laughs> it hit it hit way too perfect. People blaming each other for the downfall of the world. People trying to you know uh, use uh, the viral outbreak, to, you know, make money and you know, trying you know, control uh society as a whole (laughs) was very very topical and you know both the main stars in that were great uh jeopard and the kid uh were really really good yeah and good together and everything and i'm yeah i'm excited to go on more adventures with them i'm excited to see it continue
1: yeah i'm gonna have to go back and watch season one uh just because it's been so long but yeah. likewise
0: it's been a minute i uh i felt uh good too because i'm like you know what i could probably pick up the comic and see where the story went from here but i'm like no you know what i'm not going to i want to continue to be surprised by the show
1: mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> the only thing i discovered that is different is that uh, in the comic jeopard is a hockey player because of course he is because jeff lemire is canadian yeah. and in the show he's a football player <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That sounds like something a network would say. Can you make it football, though? People like football. You know, hockey's a little too small. Even though it makes sense about him being a formerly violent guy because he was like a hockey goon. And it it's makes the sense. only sport Where you can actually punch people. Yeah. I mean, you can punch people in football. You can be pretty violent in football. Yeah. But they'll ask you to leave. <laughs> if you punch too many people. Well, or you'll, you'll
1: get brain damage, yeah.
0: That, too. Or they'll say, hey, hey, leave the punching people for off the court or the <laughs> green or wherever football is at like the field. <laughs> can only punch people off it. <laughs> but, yeah, there you go, everyone. That was the news for this week. Not much, but just enough to actually, you know, uh, fill a show and uh, not make it so we have to do a retro hero and prolong 300 episodes. <laughs> I thought about that for a minute. I'm like, hey, Matt, do we want to do the max this week, and then I'm like, well, I think the max are only like 15 minutes long, anyway. Yeah. I'm like, is that enough? Is that a
1: whole show? Yeah, well, I don't know. the way oh. we talk, it probably would be.
0: <laughs> it probably would be. Uh, you know, some people say we're a little long winded and a little verbose. <laughs> Which YouTube does not like. Apparently, they like things nice and short and to the fucking point. Yeah, <laughs> as evidenced by the shorts. Yeah, as evidenced by the short. Yeah, if if you cut me and Matt down to just a minute,
1: <laughs> It'd be like a mid sentence. Yeah,
0: yeah. Apparently, then we're finally YouTube ready <laughs> at just a fucking minute. <laughs> uh, but yes, we had new books this week, and I read a lot of new books this week.
1: Uh, I kind of did. I kind of sort of did. I didn't. I know I had a lot less than you did, though yeah i think i had like I one it. dc book this week
0: it was a big week for fucking goblins this week i tell you <laughs> so many goblins i'll tell you all <laughs> about it uh where would we like to start this week though matt with the uh, new stuff that we've read
1: uh well if you had so many goblin books let's start with like one of them
0: okay uh we'll start with a uh, gold goblin which had its finale this week mm-hmm. from christopher Cantwell. mm-hmm and, uh, boy, I really enjoyed it, and the worst thing I can say about it is, fuck you, you can't end this at just five. <laughs> Especially in the place they leave, and I'm like, I cannot believe you're gonna blue-ball me, Christopher Cantwell, or green-ball me in this game, and just leave it here. <laughs> <laughs> Because he ends it in such a place where I'm like, you you could have kept going for like two more volumes. I'm dying to see the fallout of this. And they're like, don't worry, you can see the fallout of this in the main Spider-Man book. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that at all. (laughs) Can can you just keep going, Christopher Cantwell? I I also really like how Cantwell writes his Spider-Man in this because he factors in pretty hard in the finale. Oh, nice. So yeah, it's uh it's Norman as the gold goblin fighting it out with Queen Goblin, who is the amalgamation of all of his sins in the body of Dr. Kafka. Mm-hmm. And he's on the run from her because she, like, jumps him at a funeral so he doesn't have any of his gear. And he ends up falling into, like, one of his old Green Goblin caches. And he sees the suit, and he sees the pumpkin bombs, and he, like, touches them lovingly and longingly. And he's like, I could do it. I could suit up, and I could defend myself. I could do it. But, oh, oh, it's like the alcoholic taking a drink. I know once I pick up that pumpkin bomb in anger, I'll never put it down again. <laughs> And so he doesn't, and then they do, like, something really interesting, because, like, all series long, Norman has been tortured by, like, the ghost of Gwen Stacy telling Mm -hmm. him how much he sucks. Mm -hmm. And when Queen Goblin tries to give the sins back, they kind of create, like, a feedback loop, and then she starts seeing the ghost. (laughs) And the ghost of Gwen Stacy, like, distracts her long enough for Norman to go and ask Peter for help, and he's all bloody and beaten and everything. Oh, nice. And Peter's like, look, I'll, I'll probably never trust you again, but the fact is, for once, you're not actually the biggest problem to public safety, so let's go <laughs> and actually deal with this sin nonsense once and for all. And then they do some wonderful recreations. Uh, Norman gets impaled by Queen Goblin's glider, like how he died originally, and like in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well I guess I guess this is where I end. I guess this is where I'm gonna die. But then Queen Goblin grabs Peter and is like, Well, the sins gotta go somewhere, so I guess I'm gonna put them into you and Norman's like, Oh fuck me, I guess I can't die now, huh? No, oh, no. <laughs> I guess if I died we'd have another superior Spider-Man situation and no one wants that. No, <laughs> no. So he crawls himself up and he grabs Queen Goblin's maze and he's just supposed to like hook her around the neck to stop him. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, he breaks Kafka's neck, he saves Spider-Man but kills Queen Goblin. Oh no. <laughs> so he's like, oh my sins are gone, but I found a bunch of new sins, and he's like muttering to himself and he's catatonic. And he's like, but I did the right thing, though, right? I did the right thing, though, right? And then the book is over. Oh, no. (laughs) And I'm like, fuck you. You can't end it there. (laughs) You can't just end it there with Norman at his lowest point and, you know, the implication of being like, oh, are they saying that even when Norman tries to do good, evil happens – or are they saying that, you know, he was willing to dig deep and, you know, do a little wrong to do a little right? And I'm just like, oh, man, you can't leave this so open-ended. But I kind of love that you left it open-ended. Yeah, okay. It was pretty dope. And it, o- and it only five issues, so I'm like, why isn't this six like other issues? <laughs> we need an epilogue. We need a fallout. I don't trust Zeb Wells or anyone else for that matter to follow up on this. No, not at all. Christopher Cantwell is apparently just the best in the world at writing asshole characters, but also giving them depth and nuance depth and, you know, sympathy.
1: Yeah. His, his, his Iron Man was fantastic.
0: He brings a lot of that magic. He's writing a Namor book, too, that I mm-hmm. wasn't reading, but I feel like I should really hop onto it. Yeah, yeah. I keep
1: saying I've got to hop onto a <laughs> Namor book. It sounds really cool.
0: Because Namor is very much in the same wheelhouse as Tony and uh, friggin' Norman. Yeah. But yeah, so that was Gold Goblin. It was pretty dope. I'm actually sad it's over. I actually enjoyed liking Spider-Man and other stuff. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> but don't worry, it's not the only Spider-Man book I read this week. What was the other one? Uh, Miles Morales, number four, was this week.
1: And you like this one.
0: Oh, this one kicks ass. This yeah. whole Cody Ziggler arc has been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he's fighting a new villain called The Rabble, who is like a super-intelligent uh, technomancer character who was supposed to get into the school that Miles got into, mm. but he won the lottery, so she didn't. Yeah,
1: yeah, I remember you telling me
0: that. And her whole life has gone downhill, and she blames him for it. Though hilariously, all the characters are in the story are like, look, it, it was chance, it was a lottery. Why are you attacking me and my family? You might as well attack the concept of probability. <laughs> But that's what makes her such an interesting villain because she really embodies so much of so many classic Spider-Man villains where it's like, you know, I was smart, a bad thing happened to me, I lashed out at the world, and mm-hmm. I am choosing to, you know, focus that anger on Spider-Man for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're the avatar of my ire. Yeah. Also, too, apparently the more she uses her powers, uh, it gives her brain hemorrhages. So she's literally killing herself to try and destroy Miles' life. <laughs> It's the definition of that old saying, you know, uh, he who seeks revenge should dig two graves. Dig two, yeah. Yeah. Misty Knight is great in it too because she's like, look, you you just can't go after this villain who kicked your ass. That's a Peter move. You cannot rely on just, you know, uh, luck and uh, emotion to get you through every battle. You need to be smarter, especially (laughs) when this villain's been spying on you for months and knows everything about you. Yeah, yeah misty united is such a great addition to this story as miles is like no nonsense mentor it sounds like it yeah. yeah who's not afraid to tell him hard stuff mm-hmm. and, and like the underlining implication of it too is like you can't keep doing the stuff that peter would do you can't keep getting away with it because you're not white
1: yep. yeah oh. <laughs> they're,
0: they're saying it without saying it they're yeah. saying it quiet like i get what you're saying cody ziggler <laughs>
1: yeah yeah and it, it's it's true it's true
0: it is you, you just can't show up and spy on people you just can't be breaking and entering when you're you yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i know you have the mask that covers your face an amazing image on this too where he's webbed up to the top of like uh misty knight's muscle car and they're driving down the street and he's like surfing on the back of her car oh cool and she says this is how we do street level and i'm like fuck yeah <laughs> amazing spider-man hasn't been this cool in forever (laughs) yeah this is
1: what amazing spider-man should be
0: (laughs) it really should because it's so simple like uh, cody ziggler isn't trying to reinvent the wheel he's not trying to tell like the greatest most mind-shattering story ever he's telling a good story yeah yeah is all it is with like characters and everything Mm. it's so solid it's so good i fucking love it yeah Cool. It, it it energizes me as a critic where like some books i'm like oh that sucked the fucking life out of me that was hard to do
1: yeah 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 it gets you like brain thinking about like what's gonna happen and what yeah. could happen and yeah
0: totally i am genuinely excited to read this book every week it hypes me up and i'm like ah yes this is why i do this job yeah it makes it all worth it.
1: Yeah, I got, I got, I got books like that. Like the <clears throat> Batman for me is like that as well, where it's like you never know, totally. like what the fuck he's gonna do.
0: Absolutely. Funny thing about that book too is you notice there's like a lot of people being very contrarian about like this is a
1: multiverse story, which yeah. means
0: it's bad and I don't like it. Yeah, they,
1: they, they, are not understanding. It's like oh, it's probably not a multiverse story, or it's not, a, also- it's not a multi. You know what it is? It's not a multiverse story that they. It doesn't have like member berries. All over totally. it, and that's why they don't like it.
0: Yes, it's actually a story that like takes place in subtext. Yeah.
1: The, the multiverse aspects of it is inconsequential. Yes, absolutely. It it is a character piece. It's yeah. a huge character piece. Yeah, and they, they're not they're not happy about that. It's the same with same with this week about like Andor. They didn't like that. Oh, not Andor. The Mandalorian episode that was oh, like yeah. Andor. They didn't like that yes. because it was like Andor. <laughs>
0: yeah he didn't there was no shooting
1: or yeah. explosion so no you with, got with that in lightsaber the beginning, where's lightsaber and gun and yeah
0: they got it out of the way mm. uh Tevia how do you feel about super sun's return and flash did that happen
1: no it, it it's they're returning in the fact that it's time travel they're not actually returning
0: ah okay yeah i was gonna say i'm like i think if that happened i would have noticed yeah and it hasn't happened yet yeah did, did you have flash this week matt no there's no, there no,
1: no flash this week no
0: Okay, all this one minute war stuff going on. Well, what did you have this week?
1: Uh I had Superman Lost issue one from Christopher okay, see, Priest.
0: I, see, I bought this, I flipped through it, I didn't actually end up reading it, so tell me all about it.
1: Uh yeah, so this first issue like really like hits the ground running. Uh we get like a little bit of Clark and Lois. Lois is investigating a senator for some wrongdoing. Superman does some saving things and then he has to leave for like Justice League business. And he comes back a couple of hours later and he's like totally different person. Like, (laughs) and Lois, Lois notices immediately. And it's here we find out that it wasn't just a couple of hours. Clark was gone. He's been gone for 20 years, 20 years. And, um, Bruce Wayne shows up at uh Lois's door, and he's surprised to see Superman's there. And Lois Mm. is picked up on that because it's like, oh, something broke Bruce Wayne's poker face. So so what (laughs) the fuck's going on? So they reveal that like the the mission they went on was to deal with um the U.S. firing on uh a Chinese uh jet in international waters, and probably causing World War Three. So the Justice League come in, and the whole thing is. The whole thing was based on that there was a Chinese sub that went down to rescue a salvage team that was digging something up off the bottom of the ocean. Mm. And um, they were in waters they weren't supposed to be in and that sort of stuff. Uh, so the Justice League go down to investigate and they find that what they were digging up was like an alien spaceship. And <laughs> It's always uh, aliens. Uh, it's not outrightly said, but Flash posits the idea that they wanted to salvage the hyperdrive from it to oh, develop hyperdrive oh. technology. Um, but in doing so, they actually breached the hyperdrive and caused a singularity, which is beginning to, like, pull everything in the ocean into it. Damn
0: time fuckery.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so Superman, uh, being he's the only one who could possibly survive going through it, he, uh, ties himself off with Wonder Woman's, uh, lasso and flies into Mm. it, too. Which is unbreakable. So he can, um shut it off from the inside. Um, But in doing so, he ends up becoming part of the circuit. So he has to stay inside the machine for (sighs) it to turn off because he's now sort of part of the machine uh, in a way. And he ends up doing it, but then he just disappears. No Hmm. one knows where he went. And um, we find out late at the end of the issue, he's been like shot off into like a different universe somewhere out like on the far side of the galaxy. Um, But, yeah, the the heroes have no idea where he went, and, yeah, that's basically where the issue ends. Huh.
0: Yeah. That sounds like a pretty big science fiction-y
1: start. It does. It it was pretty fucking cool. The the coolest thing, though, I really like is how Priest writes uh, Lois and Clark and their, like, banter they have because he makes it... It's not just like the usual banter we get with other writers. This is it's like mm. smart banter, like banter that mm. two well read, educated reporters would have. They're would ta- have. They're talking about like Occam's Razor and like philosophical, like Ooh, like nice. Lois is obsessed with why this senator quoted this particular uh, philosopher in his like speech and everything, and they're like discussing it and everything. Yeah, it's it's great. It's really cool.
0: I do like when people remember that Superman would probably be a super intellect as well. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's always fun. Also, too, you know, when I was flipping through it, it does that classic thing that Christopher Priest books always do, and, you know, they play with the panel layout mm. and moments in time and everything. It has the black
1: box with, like, a like a, a chapter title, quote-unquote. Yeah. Unquote. yeah. He, he loves chapters. He loves I guess it
0: makes sense for him to do a time travel story, too, because in his writing we usually are time traveling because he always uses panels to break down passages of time
1: i don't think it's time travel in the natural i think it's the whole thing where it's like 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 because he's on the other side of the galaxy like it's like spins differently like so like he's experiencing time the same length of time but for us it's like two two hours whereas for him it will be 20 years it's like a, a time dilation thing it's not right. time, not time travelers and like he got in like you know he went through the speed force or something
0: i was gonna say it's like the movie primer then it's like joel you never watched the movie
1: primer <laughs> oh yeah it's exactly like that now (laughs) it's exactly like primer
0: that movie about time travel i've never seen but people always bring it up when they want to sound smart about time travel no it's like it's
1: like interstellar that planet they Uh, go to where like every minute is like seven years on earth sort of thing yeah
0: are, are like the hyperbolic time chamber from yeah. Dragon Ball Z.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I can imagine saying that's Christopher Priest and he just gets really fucking sad. <laughs> yes, Joel, it's like that. It's like that thing you said. <laughs> now shut the fuck up. <laughs> or as Dog in the chat says, time is what you think it is. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, I had a DC book this week too. I had Justice Society of America number three, the long-awaited, much-delayed Justice
1: Society of America three. I think literally last week we were like, when's that next issue coming out? And then it came out like the the week after, but yeah. No, I read this one as well.
0: Yeah, it's a good issue. Not a lot happens, but they certainly ask some interesting questions. We get a whole B-plot in World War Two with Sergeant Rock and uh, Easy Company as well as mm-hmm. uh, friggin' uh, Unknown Soldier, who I always yes. like when they remember he exists.
1: Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll leave it to Johns to, to, to realize that he existed.
0: <laughs> yeah, to just deep cut all over the place. We get kind of a new spin on Perdegaton's origin which mm-hmm. doesn't change much but it does add a couple new wrinkles in there that he worked for Dr. Z and the Third Reich to try and control time and he ended up sort of being the first unwilling test subject and hey did you did you get the feeling cuz they they mentioned the the name of the project they're working on project Ubreich, which is like apparently a word that relates to switch Swiss watchmaking, mm. and when Predegaton gets into the time circle and everything, it's kind of the same effect as Dr. Manhattan, only with red instead of blue.
1: Yeah, yeah did, did the, you get that the, or, or the crazy? minute the minute they talked about swish uh swish uh watch Watches. watchmakers i'm like yeah okay i know where he's going with this
0: <laughs> is is john's implying that prodigaton is like the evil anti-dr a- manhattan the
1: antithesis of it i mean kind of but also maybe he's also because remember manhattan's whole deal was that he wanted to wipe away the DC universe because like Mm. he was cynical and like that was like this universe can't exist because you know this this reason this reason yeah and Superman was the one who like convinced him not to so Mm. maybe he's like thinking maybe the reason he's he's like the antithesis in that he's going to continue that plan
0: interesting like he's not easily swayed no, not at all. Uh, Huntress is in the modern era, and so she gets to meet the modern version of the JSA with a lot of faces you know, but also some new ones like friggin' Wildcat and Beth Chapel. Uh, Dr. Midnight from the Girl show who they brought back to life and when they said how they brought them back to life I completely did a double take they're like oh yeah when the Lazarus uh, volcano exploded a bunch of dead people came back to life I'm like fuck off why did no one else use this <laughs> why are we only hearing this now we had a hundred Lazarus planet backup stories and this never got to be a backup story Nah, nah. they're just like yep it happened yeah <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's uh. i think this too also serves as the ultimate confirmation for people who weren't sure whether like i don't even know if this universe we're in is the main dc universe anymore well now we know it is
1: yeah yeah no i I, yeah again because like obviously power girl uh is uh wearing the uh new superman
0: family jacket
1: she doesn't really use like her telepathy all that much
0: Oh, yes, because we gave her new powers now to try and differentiate her from Supergirl because yeah. they're both going to be on the same team now, so they better have different powers.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that been explained in the Action Comics backups. But, like, yeah, because she's, like, working with Omen to, like, help clear heroes, like, problems with their minds and stuff. I mean, that that could always be a book that, like, ties into this because, like, in, in that Maybe. book, someone is coming after her. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I just like someone remembered that Omen existed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> say, hey, thank you for all those new subscribers there, Justin Shields and the other one that I just missed. Nice, nice. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's fun. I like this issue finally answers a question that I never even knew I needed answered until they said it, where she's like, I'm Helena Wayne, I'm a Huntress from 26 years in the future, and they're like, wait, you're the daughter of Batman and Catwoman, but you call yourself Huntress? Why aren't you Huntress's daughter? And she's like, well, you know, she was a friend of the family, and I really respected her, so I took up her mantle. Oh.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, i tell you, there's two of them, Okay, so She's Huntress 2, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Which is even funnier because Helena Wayne Huntress predates Helena Bertinelli Huntress, but now because yeah. of time, <laughs> wibbly-wobbly circles. <laughs> now it's the second Huntress who actually inspires the first Huntress. <laughs> the the big realization, too, that they still don't even really know what Perdegaton is after, where it's like, well, look, if he wanted to kill us, why didn't he just go back in time and kill the team when it was founded? Why is he going to the future and killing future versions of us?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Only for him to finally show up and be like, hi, would you like me to give you my villainous speech about why I'm doing what I'm doing? And they're like, yeah, "Yeah, actually, we would.
1: Yeah, I'll stand on your table and do it.
0: Yeah, could you you fill us in, everybody? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be nice. But yeah, not a ton happened in this issue, but it was still a lot of fun. You can definitely tell that, you know, John's love and enthusiasm for all these Golden Age characters is just so endlessly fucking infectious. Yeah,
1: I love as well that he gave uh,
0: Alan Scott a beard. He gave it, Helen's got a beard and he looks really good with it, yeah, actually. He does. He's at that beard phase in his life, you know? There comes a time in every man's life when it's like, look, maybe I can pull off a beard. <laughs> and he can, you know, maybe it's because he's getting older now. He's like, you know, maybe the beard will cover my wrinkles. <laughs> you know, I've been alive since freaking World War II and everything. Yeah, yeah. Though I still look pretty good. <laughs> yeah so that was jsa here's hoping we don't have to wait forever for the next issue but uh, it and star girl continue to be a lot of fun in this bigger new golden age storyline
1: star girl finish next issue or is it there's like two yeah, issues i believe left. so yeah yeah
0: i believe the next one is the last one yes
1: nice
0: nice and then from there i guess it just goes full into justice society of which star girl is a member
1: yeah that or yeah jones will have something planned
0: I'm so happy she's getting play and that, like, the characters from the show are now getting played, too, yeah. and they, like, even look like their TV show counterparts. Yeah. But it also makes me sad because I know the show is over.
1: Yeah. Uh, it He, he kind of should have done this book while the show was, like, in, in season one, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm just like, wait a strike while the iron is ice cold. Yeah, yeah. Ice.
1: to be fair, though, it probably was not like his fault or anything. No. It, it, the, I mean, the, the JSA book <gasps> was like announced like ages ago, like back when Scott Snyder was writing Justice. League. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's clear that Justice Society went through a lot of different plans and a lot of different ideas about how all of it is supposed to work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for real. Now I had two last ones. I had a Moral X-Men and uh, Red Goblin number two. What about you? Uh
1: what did I have? I had I had like one more. Alright, well hit me with it. Uh Avengers Forever, issue fifteen. The final issue of this series and the second last uh part of Avengers uh assemble. It's almost over, what a ride. Yeah, yeah. It's sixty plus issues between this and the the uh the main Avengers book yeah uh yeah no so this not nothing like big story wise happens this issue it's just all like the avengers fighting mephisto and all of the dooms galactus appears and like eats doom the living planet and (laughs) yeah it's just really cool shit thor meets with uh his mother again and they combine their powers and like blow up half the planet and love it and but in doing so also digs up like the god quarry like the the firmament that uh mephisto was trying to get to uh, mm. mephisto gets uh blown in half by the death Lock, uh avengers <laughs> mountain that's piloted by gorilla man and ursa major
0: nice i'm glad uh aaron worked that back in yeah
1: yeah he's working everything that he's done back in uh there's a great moment between robbie reyes and uh brandy the star brand child that uh was on the team who's now an old woman because the more she used her powers the more it would age her and um, they're both oh. they're both kind of bonding over the fact that they can't use their power. One because Brandy because her power, the Star Brand, eight, like burns her out like a star. Uh, and Robbie can't use it because he was becoming the legendary All Rider, and that was <laughs> that was burning away uh, his humanity. It was burning away Robbie Way- Reyes, and they both kind of want to keep their humanity and agency. And but um, they have this realization that like oh like. The Avengers, like, they're, they're probably going to lose because it's Doom and Mephisto. and But uh, we should probably help our friends, despite what they say about us not using our powers, because the Ghost Rider and the Starbrand were there when the Avengers begun in Avengers BC. Mm. They should be there when they end. Oh, that's nice. So they end up, like, repowering up and helping the Avengers. and uh, But it's, it seems to be all too late because Mephisto ends up getting uh, the, the, the stuff that uh, I think uh avenger prime calls liquefied multiverse where it's like it's (laughs) like like a purple liquid it's like liquefied multiverses uh and um he ends up getting some of the power and like he becomes like super strong and we find out that his whole deal was it wasn't to rewrite the universes it was to just end them he just wants to end them and like wipe the slate clean basically
0: and, i crave nothingness
1: uh, yeah yeah pretty much and uh that's where the issue ends off and we've got one more issue left with the big omega issue that's gonna be big yeah that's gonna
0: be real big and now i know what happens next i know what the next run's gonna be because we <laughs> yes, did this yes, episode jed
1: mckay yeah
0: <laughs> all about that jed mckay i guess from one big marvel ongoing story to another uh i had a moral x-men 2 which is a continuation mm-hmm. of the sins of sinister yep Ah, uh, this one actually we get to check back on in with Ah uh, friggin' Rasputin Four, who we haven't seen since the early days of Hox and Pox. Mm, wow, yeah, yeah, she's that uh, Colossus Chimera mutant yeah. with the uh, magic sword. Ah, mm. uh, Sinister creates her for the evil Quiet Council and says, you know, she's my greatest creation. She has five mutant powers. She's the greatest Chimera mutant that's ever been, and my ultimate zenith as a scientist. <laughs> And they're like, so you won't be able to make another one that has six powers? He's like, nope, this is as far as I go. And they're like, cool, we can finally get rid of you now, Sinister. It took us a hundred years, but we're finally going to kill you now. (laughs) We can
1: finally get rid of you, yeah.
0: (laughs) We can finally fuck you over. And then it's like, well, okay, where the hell are they going to go from here? Because the issue starts with this. And then they take it to some crazy-ass directions that I was not expecting. Really? Yeah, so first off, Old Sinister meets Mother Righteous for the first time. Okay. Okay. They've never actually met before, and Mother Righteous basically gets him up to speed on everything with all the other Sinister clones, mm-hmm. and how they're all trying to create their own dominions. Yep. And really, original recipe Sinister doesn't give a fuck. He's like, I'm old, I'm tired, they're gonna kill me anyway, I don't care. Oh, okay. He's so beaten down by anything, he's like, with my last, you know, bit of strength, what he actually does is he sets Resputin four free from the red diamond and the mind control. Oh, really? He's like, look, I made you to be a hero. I made you the best thing I've ever done because I think you are the only person who can get back the Moiras and put time back to the way it's supposed to be. I I regret everything I've done. Krakoa was paradise and I destroyed it. And now you need to free the world from the sins of sinister. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm like, ah, they worked in the title. I like it <laughs> when they work in the title. And because it's Mr. Sinister 2, there's like a 60-40% chance that he's totally full of shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's, he's doing it to, like, betray them or something, yeah.
0: <laughs> or something. But I genuinely do kind of like the idea that after 100 years of living in this hell of his own making, you know, enthrall to monsters that he created who are worse than him, I like the idea that he grew just a little bit. Yeah, just that little bit, yeah. And then him and Rasputin 4, they escape on the new Marauder, and it's like, look, I think we can find the Moiras, you know, in about, oh, five years, and the next issue is a thousand years later. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: each, I think each issue, each two-issue block is like, is like jumping ahead. <coughs> Fifty,
0: a hundred, a thousand. Yeah. So I genuinely kind of love this, and I'm like, man, you know, I was almost ready to write Sins of Sinister off there a little bit, but by God, you keep bringing in the interesting <laughs> shit these writers are clearly having a blast imagining like the worst case scenario for everyone and everything yeah
1: and it's just it's connected to everything like hickman set up in that in Hawks pox and like the early days of Krokoa. they bring back the cloning pools which again yeah. is
0: a thing that they mentioned early on in hox and pox mm-hmm. and we see them for the first time here nice they also drop information that will no doubt be important later like apparently hope doesn't clone well okay Apparently there's something about her that just doesn't clone well. Also, the gene Grey strain of, like, psychic DNA can't be molded into Chimera mutants. Okay. There's something about it, it just doesn't
1: work. Whenever something like that turns up, I, I'm always <coughs> like, okay, Xavier did something.
0: Or something. <laughs> or
1: something. Because those are two mutants that are, like, really important to, like, Absolutely. To, like uh, mutant survival, almost, basically and and, also, that, and that's something i could see xavier like fucking with so that oh we can't like change it or something
0: totally also too in the future uh hope because she doesn't get cloned and doesn't get resurrected as much as everyone else she's basically a cable style cyborg now oh nice because she's outlived so many of her friends and family back on the mm-hmm. old earth and they're like we don't resurrect people normally anymore we resurrect them as these cool chimeras now yeah Because they've outgrown their usefulness, and I'm like, man, that's really interesting. Yeah,
1: that's really cool.
0: It's very cool, and I can't wait to see where they go. Also, they imply in this issue that Mystique is dead.
1: Hmm, interesting.
0: Which means that once we get back to that Brotherhood book, that's going to be quite compelling, because obviously Destiny only shacked up with Stellaris and everything else because she wanted to save Mystique, and apparently as we discover a hundred years into the future, she fails
1: yeah 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 because that was yeah in immortal x-men that was the whole thing with like that the books she was writing she 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 saw the future where mystique doesn't live and but then saw one where she does and it had chimeras and stuff and yeah or what's so like what's the thing what's the thing in here that like if you take out mystique lives
0: yep it's why she kept saying too to sinister we must be on the same side we must be on the same side yeah she (laughs) was
1: convinced yeah
0: (laughs) That that was the only way, and now it looks like she didn't get what she wanted. Yeah, interesting. Tell me about it. Uh, Red Goblin 2 also continues to be good in a way I was not fucking expecting. Yeah? Uh, Yeah, we actually get a little bit more of Norman. We hear tell how Phil Urich survived in the sewers this whole time. (laughs) He wants to steal Norman's blood to get all the good goblin juice out of it. (laughs) Because it's like, look, man, you can say you changed your ways and everything, but you are still, like, literally Green Goblin down to, you know, the little strands of your DNA. (laughs) That's evil that just doesn't shake off. (laughs) Even though his grandpa was, like, kidnapped and their uh, fundraiser was blown up and everything, uh, Liz Allen still forces her two kids to go to school. (laughs) And she's like, well, we're an important Manhattan family and we must keep up appearances. And Normie's like, yeah, Mom, I wouldn't want to hurt the brand. (laughs) and I'm like alright see I think they've actually zeroed in now on how to make Normie a compelling character and that is make him an asshole but like with a point yeah yeah (laughs) he also gets his ass kicked by the other wealthy rich kids at school they're like dad we fucking hate you Norman Osborne." now there's cops all over our fancy prep school (laughs) and he's getting the shit kicked out of him he's like I could beat them all up with my symbiote but I don't want to so he just again keeps talking shit to them it's like ah look at all you fine young new captains of industry (laughs) You know, all you future GOP voters. (laughs) (laughs) He actually gets saved by another kid named Anders who, like, actively protects him when we find out he's there on, like, a Tony Stark grant. Okay. And I'm like, oh, well, this kid's going to be important later, no doubt about it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And he's, like, a nice kid and he can fight. And he's like, well, yeah, I grew up in an orphanage and everything. And he's basically like, you know, prep school is like prison rules, you know. They're going to come for you eventually. You know, you don't you don't have to win the fight, but you got to fight to prove you're not weak. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this kid's saying a lot. And th- this is, like, the one weird thing about the book I don't know if I'm totally gelling with yet. The kids are supposed to be, like, eight, but they all keep talking like adults, even in their internal monologue. Mm-hmm. It's, like, one of the weird off-putting things about it, but the longer it goes on, I'm like, I kind of dig it, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: That these kids have, like, all grown up before their time and everything. There's there's something compelling about it. Yeah, yeah. Or, they've
1: like, been, um, what's it? Forced to grow up.
0: Very. Yeah. And, like, by the time Normie saves his grandpa, Norman has had, like, so much blood taken from him, he's hallucinating, and he just sees a guy in a red suit save him, and he assumes it's Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, no, let me die. Oh, no, please stop saving me. I've done so much. And Normie's like, Jesus Christ, my grandpa has issues. <laughs> and I'm like, this is pretty fun. Like, again, it's way better than it has any right to be. It's not quite perfect yet because you can tell they're making up a lot of this on the fly. But I think yeah. it has the potential to actually be really good at some point.
1: Yeah, no, that it does sound like interesting or at least more interesting than Spider-Man totally
0: they're figuring out and also it's kind of interesting to have like such a young hero he's like eight years old yeah
1: yeah like yeah and he's like a like a proper child as well yeah
0: yeah a a little boy anti-hero yeah that's cool it's like shazam but super fucked up (laughs) like what if shazam had kept his family and they were just mega mega dysfunctional (laughs) It also, you know, fits that thing of what we said last week, where it's like, man, you know, comic books don't have non-powered uh, supporting casts anymore. Mm-hmm. But this book does. okay. and and there's something really compelling about it because Liz doesn't have powers. And Stanley, mm. his brother doesn't have powers. And Norman technically doesn't have powers in this, even though, you know, he still has his goblin strength and everything. he's just choosing not to use it. Give it, give it time. Give it so its coming, yeah. sooner or later, we know he's gonna like relapse eventually. I hope when they do relapse him and make him Green Goblin again, because of course they will.
1: I hope they pick a good time and a good reason for it. Yeah, well, I, I, I again, I, 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 think that the Spider-Man books, because of like, like everything they're doing now, I think it might be heading towards a reboot mm, very soon, maybe very soon. Like just because there's so much complicated <laughs> shit going on it is we got freaking mayan blood gods now yeah yeah it's just like how, how is any new reader gonna pick this up yeah i don't know man i really don't yeah you can renumber it to number one again but still <laughs> the same story That's the thing with Spider-Man, I don't think
0: Spider-Man has actively tried to attract new readers probably since, uh, what is it, uh, Or One New Day or whatever. Yeah, Ultimate
1: Universe, that sort of stuff, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think those are the last times they actually tried to get anyone new in, and now they're like, look, if you're reading Spider-Man now, it's because you've been reading it for 20-plus years.
1: That's true, and that's something quite interesting, because like, I don't think any other, I can't think of any other book that is like that
0: that is that married to its own continuity yeah yeah
1: yeah, usually like every couple of years they're like okay fresh start new reader time
0: like shit even that miles book which is so good about is that it is new reader friendly it's like Mm. look you did you see the movie you can read this did you read the solomon Amid stuff well you can read this too we'll reference some of it you know did you read the bendis stuff well don't worry you can pick this up too because we're not going to whack you over the head with continuity and anything you don't know you'll figure out Mm mm-hmm so that's pretty solid. And yeah, I wish main Spider Man was a little bit more of that. It's so sad now that, like, Red Goblin is more interesting than Amazing Spider Man. Yeah, like, just
1: offshoot one shot characters are, like, so much more interesting. And have more
0: pathos and, you know, are struggling with the themes of responsibility now more. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, again, as we've said before, it's never, like, the writer's fault on the Spider Man book. It's all, like, editorial because they've got, like, because like, it's mm-hmm. spider-man they have like strict like mandates on like what they have to do and when they mm-hmm. have to do it and everything
0: and what they've created is like a scenario wherein peter parker just seems allergic to the concept of responsibility the yeah. very axis on which his character spins
1: yeah and and, 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 and like that as well just goes it goes like it flies in the face of like everything like dan slot did with the character where it was all like built up to him actually learning responsibility especially with like all this the superior spider-man stuff
0: yeah, yeah, where, like, even frickin' uh, goddamn Doc Ock comes to that realization. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's that's what that story's all about at heart. It's about Ock learning responsibility. Yeah, yeah. It's the greatest gift that Spider-Man could ever teach him, responsibility. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was what I read this week. That was everything. Do we have anything else, Matt? Anything else that's fit to print? I don't think so, no. I can feel my throat uh, getting dry and giving out on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the longer we go on. But uh, yeah, thank you everyone for watching and listening. We hope you appreciated this one as much as we did. Be sure to keep your eyes peeled for the shorts. As always, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this one back first before anyone in video and audio form. Uh, You can do that for as little as I, I think Patreon changed thing. I think it's like five bucks now, but you know, you can get it and a lot of people have been and you know, thank you. For all the new people who became patrons. Again, I hope to keep uh, keep all the good stuff coming your way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm glad the shorts are like working out. People seem to be enjoying them. Yeah.
0: As always, too, if you want to listen to the whole show, you can do it right now. Like you're doing right now. Saturday night at 10. We'll still play it here for everyone. You can find the audio version. I usually drop that Wednesday. That one's completely ad-free because they will not give us ads. <laughs> But, yeah, you can listen to that anywhere else. And uh, as we get closer to 300, I'm exploring other avenues for the show. I think I might just need to grit my teeth and do a backup channel. I've uh, been talking to a couple artists recently about trying to make the Cape Joel Extra channel look nice. And maybe mm-hmm. that will just become the podcast channel for the future. Yeah,
1: yeah. If it's just like pure podcast, maybe like the, n- the, num- the numbers, like in like, because. I I'm sure you're the same way like you'll do like the shorts and then like you'll Hmm. do like a normal video and it will like skew the numbers. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's that's the thing. That's the thing, uh, again, because I got a channel like you know uh, Audit, and that's what they said. You know, it all comes down to numbers and being like, look, you do like a two-hour-long podcast, and it only gets so many numbers, and YouTube and the algorithms suddenly think you're doing something different, and they'll punish you and chastise you for that mm-hmm. for not doing something that's like seven to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hopefully we'll do that, and hey, if I do have a channel just for podcasts, maybe that means we'll do more podcasts. Obviously, we're doing Retro Hero. That would probably have to go over there. God willing, I would love to have the D&D show come back. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. It's fucking hard to do
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with so
0: many, to get so many people around, and I've been sick, and I've been busy, and I haven't had a minute to myself, and also, I, I got a PlayStation 5, so I've been playing a lot of PlayStation, and I'm not, not going to fucking <laughs> lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> I've been been playing that Ishin. I felt like such a fucking idiot. I had did a whole big boss fight and I'm like, why did my heat never go off? Oh, this item gives you super good defense, but makes it so you can't get any heat. <laughs> and I did a whole ridiculously tough battle without any heat moves. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's how my week's been. <laughs> <laughs> but yes thank you everyone for watching and listening i'm droning on now we'll be back again next week everyone and uh, yeah hopefully we'll bring you another great show on our uh way to 300 absolutely yeah. looking forward to it all right talk to you every talk to you later then everyone Bye bye